This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Welcome to The Benny Show. Thank you so very much for watching. We are so proud of the community that we're building here on The Benny Show, and we thank you for being a part of it. If you wish to help us out, if you want to help support what we are doing, we know that times are tough. We know that Joe Biden has screwed with your grocery bills, your gas bills, your mortgages, maybe your very livelihood. I don't know. Are you a coal miner? Do you work in the gas industry? Probably. Definitely. Are you a farmer? Are you a Dutch farmer or a Canadian trucker man? The new liberal world order sucks. And that is why we would just like to ask you to help us defeat it. Please, if you are listening or watching, head on over to Apple Podcasts or Spotify or whatever podcast company that you use and click subscribe to The Benny Show. Please click subscribe because by doing that, you help support us. You help build this community. And this community has one sole purpose, populism. Save America. Do the things that are popular in this country to support this nation and your fellow countrymen. If you support us, it's free, by the way. You just click subscribe there on the podcast. Well, then we promise to bring you exclusive audio-only interviews. We have some amazing stuff coming down the pike. Some, wow, just awesome guests that we've booked. Some un- tethered conversations with various creators and cultural movers and shakers, and we want to be able to share them with you exclusively. Please head on over to The Benny Show on any podcast platform that you use and click subscribe. That is one of the best things that you can do for us. Now, without further ado, please enjoy this special edition of The Benny Show, Steve Bannon's Persecution. Steve Bannon, one of the cultural warriors of our time, one of the most consequential figures in American history, an advisor to President Donald Trump, and now, most likely, getting thrown in jail. The persecution of Steve Bannon, as explained to you by one of his closest friends and allies and somebody who has been covering this from day one, Jack Posobiec. We sat down with Jack this weekend, and it was an incredible conversation. This is what's happening to Steve Bannon, and this could happen to you very soon in Joe Biden's America. It's a scary time. Listen to Jack, and here's the end game. It's going to surprise you. Watch. <laughs> The Steve Bannon saga, is there a more consequential person in media right now, functionally? The answer is no, because Steve Bannon has truly created an aura around him. He has the most rabid follower base of any personality on the right. That is unequivocal. And Steve Bannon now has recently been found in contempt of Congress, misdemeanor charges. What does that mean and what will it mean for media and for law and order going forward? Joining us now, Jack Posobiec, who is, I think, as close as you can get to a Steve Bannon like like guest host fill-in yeah, on yeah, War Room doing, yeah. and someone who understands the beast, the honey badger, uh, better than anyone. He's called the honey badger. We saw it today. 
It's unbelievable. At, at time of recording, Steve Bannon's on his show right now, yeah. having been found in contempt. And what we're going to study in this episode is what is going on here and what happens next and what does this mean? You know, it's, it's funny. And so I was, I was guest hosting the show uh, this week during the trial, and it seemed to me that, and, and you know, I don't, I don't think it would be a surprise for me to say that I was talking to Steve throughout the week when we could communicate if he was on a, on a lunch break or, or waiting for something. And it seemed to me that he was more, more upset about missing the show than <laughs> the, what was going on to him and the fact that he had to give up all that time, of course, to me. Um, and, and then, you know, just to rub it in just a little bit, when I was guest hosting, we did crack a higher ranking on politics or FOM news than, you know, when he was there. But, you know, it's, 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 it's not the numbers that matter, really, Benny. But, you know, no, obviously it was the trial that was, you know, I think driving a lot of the interest. And, uh, and of course, you know, the guest host being so handsome and, and smart and, you know, and funny and, the, you know, all of this. And, and so it, it, was, it was interesting because, you know, talking to him during the trial, he, would, he was mostly saying, hey, make sure you cover this. Hey, here's what's going on in, in Europe. You got to cover this. Look, uh, the, Europe you know, the Europeans and the Russians, they just, you know, they broke this deal. I want you to cover that. I've got a good guest on for it. He's still producing the show while he's on trial, believe it or not. And that's what he's doing. And then, of course, today, as we speak, immediately following his his guilty uh, verdict, then he's getting his sentence. It's two misdemeanors, right? So he'll get he'll get sentenced later in October. Immediately following that, he goes straight back in to the studio and launches his afternoon podcast on the very same day. Honey Badger, don't give a f and I know we're gonna have to bleep that, but that's what people say about Steve Bannon. And can it's you just true. Can you unpack for our audience? Because many people were shocked at the speed of this thing. And I was expecting to do this interview and for us as a preview for next week, and the right, trial right. continues, and the Sussman trial dragged on for three weeks, four weeks. These trials tend to go forever. Wait, whoa, we weren't expecting this on Friday. Can you uh, first unpack what happened in the courtroom? Right, so, and I was there, now, now we're down here at, at Turning Point, we're in Tampa for SAS, but um, I was there for the first couple of days of the trial. I was there for jury selection, opening statements, some of these things. And what, the reason that it took so fast, right, so it's, it's two misdemeanor charges of contempt of Congress for ref completely refusing um, to cooperate with the January 6th committee. However, comma, he claimed, and you can see this in letter after letter, correspondence after correspondence, the reason for the refusal to comply was because President Trump had invoked executive privilege over the conversations that he held with Bannon prior to January 6th. And these were questions about the election, questions about the proceedings, questions about what was supposed to take place on January 6th, a, a, a forceful debate in the well of the Senate. This was the entire point of what they wanted to happen that day, and of course, uh, from Bannon and, and did Bannon, right, you know, we keep hearing from the committee, did Bannon and Trump have a plan? Of course they did. They wanted the electors to be sent back to the states. That was the entire thing so that to stop the certification of the election, not because necessarily they wanted to overturn the election, but because they didn't believe in the, um, the certification due to just basic accountability grounds with, you know, the ballots and everything else, right? And so was there a plan? Of course there was a plan. This is what their side of the debate wanted. It's very clear, and by the way, Steve said this on the war room every single day prior to January 6th. And of course the committee doesn't show that. And so uh, he refuses. President Trump um, 
invokes what's called executive privilege. So, you know, let's say, look, you know, in, in, in this business, Benny, I'm sure you've, you've, you know, we have lawyers, right? You know, we gotta, you gotta talk to the lawyer every once in a while and you say, hey, I'm, you know, I'm signing this contract, I'm doing this thing, does this make sense, does that make sense? When we're having those legal conversations, that's protected by attorney-client privilege. That is not something that the government can go in and force the attorney to turn over. Any documentation, any communications, uh, or um, testimony they can't compel if it's protected by privilege. Similar privilege exists between the legislative branch and the executive branch, because think of it, right? If you didn't have executive privilege and you had a split government, like the one that we're about to have coming up here very soon in the United States, well then the legislature could be subpoenaing the, uh, the executive all day long, they could be gumming up the works, they could be launching investigation after investigation into every single decision that's made. And this was something that the founders understood, that they wanted the executive to be able to have a free hand in terms of policy, and this is the reason executive privilege exists, because it's not one branch over the other branch. They viewed it as that would make the legislative branch essentially in control of the, effectively in control of the executive branch. They wanted it, se again, separate but equal, and this is why this exists. Something that won't surprise you at all is that I am addicted to my cell phone. Why? Well, because I run a digital news company and at The Benny Show, we have 10 employees and they need to be online and their service needs to work and we need to make a profit to keep in business. So I have got to be balancing my budget as well. So how do you stay online and balance a budget, especially in these tight economic times? Use Pure Talk. We use Pure Talk at The Benny Show. It is the official sponsor of The Benny Show, and their service is incredible. It is the most reliable 5G network in America, and for just 30 bucks, you can get talk, text, and data on America's best network. And with the code Benny, you get 50% off your first month. Most families save around 75 bucks by switching over to Pure Talk. That's like a tank of gas, and who couldn't use an extra tank of gas in Joe Biden's America? So go over to puretalkusa.com and use the code Benny to get 50% off your new cell service today. And if you need one more reason to do it, you provide American jobs by doing this. Pure Talk is run by a United States military veteran, is their CEO. Man, they want America to win and you will win if you switch to Pure Talk today. Use the code Benny to get 50% off. Now, the contention comes up in the case where, you know, what does this mean for the case? It's because Steve Bannon was a former White House advisor at the time of these conversations. And so because of that nuance, that he wasn't a currently serving White House advisor, but a former White House advisor, they then say, and, and the judge and the precedent that it was set, they said, well, we are not going to allow you to even bring up the defense of executive privilege in this case. So the reason that you thought that the case was gonna go longer, the reason so many people thought was because they thought that Bannon was going to have this healthy legal argument and his lawyers would come in and maybe you'd bring in a constitutional scholar, maybe you'd bring in some, you know, some experts on privilege and why this exists, go to the Federalist Papers, for example. Well, none of that exists because the judge decided that in the pretrial hearings, they took that defense off the table. Well, that was his whole defense, right? That was the whole idea of why he didn't comply because President Trump has, and keep in mind that, that uh, Brandon, right, Biden hasn't given or hasn't invoked executive privilege 
for President Trump over this. Now, that's a, another huge break in precedent. It's not illegal, but it's a huge break in precedent because typically president after president continues it because they don't want the next president to then do it to them, right? right? Which, unfortunately, it looks like we're going to have to do with Joe Biden, but that's okay because we now know what the rules of the game are. And if these are the stakes of the game, when President Trump becomes president again, we have the Trump 25 agenda, we will be doing all of the same things to him, to his crooked son. We'll be going through the laptop line by line, which I still have three copies of. And we are gonna make sure that every single one of those pieces is accounted for the same way that we're gonna account for every piece of crack. We're gonna account for every hooker that came from overseas. We're gonna make sure that every single one of them, we're gonna go through, find out if there's foreign intelligence ties, et cetera, et cetera. Going back to Bannon. So by taking away his defense, they left him with nothing. They left him with no ability to effectively defend himself against the charges because his one defense was stripped before the trial even began. And so this is why you saw, I believe it was Wednesday, that Bannon came in and, or excuse me, no, it was, it was Wednesday, the prosecution, um, the prosecution ended, so they rested. Thursday morning, Bannon is supposed to start his defense. He comes in and says, we're not gonna call any witnesses. We are not going to bring anyone up here. And essentially, we are sick of this. This is a sham trial. No one has been charged with this thing. Clapper, Brennan, so many people have lied before Congress. We're done with it. We're not even interested. And so do your worst. We'll take whatever you give us. Honey badger. <laughs> what happens next? Honey badger. So what happens next is sentencing phase. So uh, as you've seen, uh, there was no gag order presented. And that was a big, um, I think a big question for a lot of people, will he still be able to do the show? Especially for me, because I'm guest hosting, right? You know, it's a, it's a little bit of a time commitment hosting the war room, right? As you can imagine, uh, the show prep never stops and the guests and everything. Um, so Steve was not given that gag order. He's going to be continuing to host the show. I'm still actually going to be co-hosting tomorrow here from SAS uh, while he's in the director's seat up in DC. But the sentencing phase will come in October. And so the minimum end of this, one month per count, so he could potentially be facing, at a minimum, two months. Maximum is one year per count. Now, maximum sentence, this is for habitual offender, someone who is a, you know, a career criminal. Steve's never been convicted of anything before in his life. This is the first time he's ever had a criminal charge. And so uh, the judge looking at this, and also obviously a nonviolent felon, et cetera, et cetera, um, it would err toward the side of that one month each. That comes up in October. However, comma, a few lawyers that I've been talking to have said that if the judge, because remember, this is a Trump appointee, and because of that, and it doesn't mean he's necessarily predisposed toward the ban, and again, like I said, he took away his most effective defense, but he could do something that's called a suspended sentence. And a suspended sentence means that if you have an appeal uh, pending, that your sentence will be postponed until the appeal is on a stay of execution. And so, obviously, his appeal would be on the grounds of the United States Constitution, the separation of powers between the articles, between the branches, the executive, the legislature. Now, of course, this will go up to the D.C. Circuit Appeals Court. All of those liberals in there, they're going to say, no, get rid of it. But then, and then, and it's very interesting that you're wearing uh, this shirt right now because this is exactly what I'm getting to, it will then go to what I've been calling at this point the Thomas Court. So I want to dig down on two things. One, these executive privilege invocations are for messages or communications about or to Donald Trump. Yes. How is 
perhaps I'm just too like stupid to figure this out. Like, doesn't Donald Trump have the right to say, I'm working here? They held that executive privilege only extends between the president and his formal advisors that are ah. working for him in the White House. But an informal advisor, someone who maybe is just in his, his circle of friends, his milieu, would not receive that because they are not technically a member of the executive branch. And has that ever been decided? Has that, has that been ruled not, upon? If he's the president of the United States, and we had Alan Dershowitz on, on the war room, and he said, this is a constitutional argument. And he said, I look, he said, Dershowitz said, look, I'm, I'm, I'm a man of the left. I don't agree with Steve Bannon. I don't agree with, you know, a lot of things that are said in the war room. But when it comes to the Constitution, it is 100% accurate that the president have executive privilege over the president's conversations, period. Period. And no, we're not going to play these games over whether someone was a formal advisor or an informal advisor. Because the privilege doesn't extend from them. The privilege extends from the head of the executive branch, the president of the United States. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Obviously, right? Obviously. This is a dangerous game. So, okay, so before I ask about the greater overall lawfare consequences of what's going on, what are the, what's the likelihood that this winds up at the Thomas Court? You know, the only way that it wouldn't end up at the Thomas Court is if, um, is if this plays out over time and there, you have changes on the bench, right? Because these appeals could take a very long time. You, could, you, you have appeals that could take years. Uh, we have no indication that this thing will be fast-tracked. This could take a very, very, you know, what do they say? The wheels of justice grind slowly, but they grind finely, right? And so um, I, I, I do think that it, it is shaping up that this is something that will find itself before the Supreme Court because this is why the Supreme Court exists, right? So the idea of uh, take something like the, you know, what's something that's common everybody knows is um, uh, being Mirandized when you get arrested, right? You know, that was a Supreme Court decision and it came up under the Fourth Amendment, this idea of search and seizure. And so because they, were, they said if, if it, you didn't know your rights when you were arrested, then, and people don't realize that so much of our criminal justice system is actually codified in the Bill of Rights. Fifth Amendment, for example, I think everybody knows that one, that it's the right against self-incrimination. You can go up there, and, and Steve, and he had this choice, right? He decided not to. He could have walked into that committee and said, Fifth Amendment, Fifth Amendment, Fifth Amendment, Fifth Amendment. Didn't make that decision, and okay, that's, he was relying on, again, on advice of counsel about this executive privilege claim. I actually think that if you look at it you know, somewhat dispassionately, you could make an argument to say that because he knew he could have taken the fifth, but he didn't, he simply had an easy out right there, and yet said, well, I have executive privilege, that shows there was no criminal intent for him to obfuscate things, that he really did think that executive privilege, he really did believe that in this executive privilege argument. Let's say you're walking down the street and you see Paul Pelosi wobbling and wandering out of a bar and he offers to give you a ride home. Would you get in his car? Let's say Hunter Biden offered to take your laptop to the repair shop. Would you let him? Of course not, because you're a smart person. So why would you let Hunter Biden's father and Paul Pelosi's wife 
Nancy and Joe run your bank account. Of course you wouldn't. Why are you trusting these people to manage your money? They are doing a horrific job of it. And you can see the signs of that all around the country. Inflation is going insane. Inflation is real. The real CPI is at another 40-year high. The recession is real. They're lying to you. There is a recession. And if your money is tied up in the U.S. dollar, then you are messing with fire. You are getting inside of that passenger seat with Paul Pelosi at the wheel slurring his words. It's critical for you to take a hard look right now at your family's value, income, and savings and say, wait a second, it's time to diversify. Gold and silver is what I suggest through my friends at Birch Gold. Text Benny to 989898 to get a free information kit on how to diversify your savings with precious metals. Birch Gold has an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau and countless five-star reviews. I myself have used Birch Gold, and I now have some of my savings diversified into actual, literal, physical gold that I can hold in my hand, and it is a wonderful feeling, ladies and gentlemen. Text Benny to 989898 to get a Birch Gold Info Kit today and start learning about real value. So many questions derived from this. This is the Jesse Smollett situation. Am I wrong? So Jesse Smollett was sentenced, everyone on the right cheers, and he gets out of jail the next day because he's appealing. And then he may be free for the rest of his life, right, for, for a very long time. I've never liked to make the conflation, and I'm no lawyer, nor am I any legal expert, but it seems to be that's what's going to happen, and the left may be frustrated, but the left may be even more frustrated by the precedent that they're setting. Because what it seems like to me is that this is going to be the judiciary all over again. Harry Reid gets rid of the filibuster. Right. Mitch McConnell... Ain't here to praise Mitch McConnell, but yo, let's give him like let's give him credit where credit's due. You he said, "You're gonna regret this. Yes. You, you son of a, you're gonna regret this." I will, and I will Harry, and Mitch McConnell made them pay, and Donald Trump, with the of course great assistance of Donald Trump, made them pay. The only reason we have the Thomas Court, the only reason Roe v. Wade is no longer the law of the land, is because of Harry Reid. I guess thank you. And it Imagine. seems to me is that the boomerang is going to happen on this in this scenario as well. This is going to be the thing that they regret doing. Imagine if the current occupant of the Attorney General's office, the Department of Justice, Merrick Garland, he was the one that Barack Obama wanted to put on the Supreme Court. That was the one that McConnell blocked and yeah. said, we are not letting, imagine if he had been there, he would be there now still. This insane person who's, who's uh, locking up, you know, Mimaws with cancer from, from Idaho, right? And going after Steve Bannon in blatantly, like, I, when you just, just take it on its face. The, the Department of Justice has, uh, has convicted the former president's chief strategist. I mean, this is something you would hear out of a third world country, right. right? This is not something that we are used to hearing in the United States of America. And it's certainly not something that we're used to hearing as conservatives because it seems to be that these things only go one way. Well, that's the boomerang effect, isn't yeah. it? Because we've got a situation, and I was just speaking with Marjorie Taylor Greene, we did an interview for, um, uh, for Human Events, and she said, look, when we get in there in November, which we will, and uh, you've seen all the polls. I mean, Rasmussen says Republicans are 10 points up. Republicans are never up in the national poll. It's, it's just not a thing, right? They used to say, and Richard Barris, the great pollster, used to say, I, I didn't think that we would ever see this nationwide, maybe state by state or something like this. No, no, Republicans are actually ahead in the generic 
ballot for the first time in you know something like a, a generation. And so that means Congress is turning over, certainly the House is turning over, Senate will, will be there, but maybe not as much. Um, you're gonna see a tsunami in the House. Every committee, this is what Marjorie Taylor Greene told me, and I don't know if she was you know, speaking out of turn, but whatever, you know, you know, I don't have, I'm not sworn to secrecy on this one, that um, every committee is gonna be turned into an oversight committee. And when you see these yes. commissions, like the January 6th commission, they're gonna continue the January 6th commission, but they're gonna look at it from a slightly different angle. They're gonna be asking questions about Mr. Ray Epps. They're gonna be asking questions about who these individuals were, People that I saw when I was on Constitution Avenue looking at this, I saw a scaffold commander, this guy up there with a megaphone, I saw guys in, in green ponchos urging this crowd, uh, you know, middle-aged people with little American flags and red hats saying, go forward, you came this far, don't stop. This was planned. And I said from day one, there, these are agitators. And there was a lot, people were putting pressure on me you know, look, like I talk about Antifa a lot, right? A lot of people put pressure on me. They said, just say it was Antifa, just say it was Antifa, just say it was Antifa. And I said, well, I can't say it was Antifa because I don't have any evidence that it was Antifa, but I could tell it was agitators. And I could tell that it's definitely people who were working a, a, a cadre, if you will, working in concert with a singular focus of driving people in. And, and, and the other thing too, by the way, and, and I mentioned this with, with MTG, is that, you know, in the conservative movement, in the MAGA movement, we have influencers, right? Right. You're like one of the biggest right, MAGA influencers there are. Like so many people that are a turning point are these great influencers. If there was truly a plan to get the MAGA movement to storm the Capitol, you would have Benny Johnson on top of that scaffold, right? Or you'd have like somebody that the crowd knew, right? You know, you know what I mean? Anybody that they knew or could relate to or would say, oh yeah, that's that person and I, I listen to them every day, I watch their show, I'm gonna follow them because that's the person I listen to. And yet, you didn't have that. You had these completely random strangers that, and I'm sitting there looking, who is this? And how do you use a megaphone? And he's on the top and he's, he's got a plan and this guy's working with him and I have no idea who these guys are. These guys just came, and look, I've been around the block a minute in the MAGA movement, in DC, in politics. I didn't have any clue who this group was. And, and I was, are these Oath Keepers, are these Proud Boys? Because you know, you see, you see the groups out there, three percenters, whatever, it, it, it wasn't even those guys. And so they came in, they did this, they disappeared. It was a crew, it was a crew. I, I, I don't know how to put it beyond that, but a crew of agitators, we haven't seen any, show, I, I keep waiting for the indictment of the guy that cuts the fences, cuts the fencing, right? You'd think that'd be the first guy who was indicted, or this guy Epps, when he's, he's literally on camera calling for and organizing and inciting a protest, right? Inciting a riot, I should say. And so, you know, where, where are the indictments? You know, please go after these people, not to mention the pipe bomb guy. So, turn it all back on its head, we're gonna be using this same power. And if they do not comply, then they will be referred for prosecution. And we will push for prosecution of every individual who doesn't comply with all of these oversight committees. And it's gonna be MTG, and it's gonna be Bobert, and it's gonna be Gates, and you're gonna see, and I'm not just talking about Jan 6, by the way, I'm talking about big tech, I'm talking about the grooming in the schools, I'm talking about the Chinese Communist Party, I'm talking about the abuses when it comes to big pharma, we're gonna have to look, we're gonna open up the vaccines, we're gonna open up the Veris database, we are gonna go into every single one of these things because they have ripped the Band-Aid off. They've completely ripped the Band-Aid off by crossing the line, crossing the Rubicon of actually indicting, charging, and now convicting 
a former chief strategist of the President of the United States, then that means it's no holds barred. Now, you and I know this, right? We know that that's been the score. It's, you know. I'm ready for it. Right, you know, you know like, like, from, from day one, right? We've been waiting for this. There's, there's a great line in that, that uh, uh, Jim, the old Jim Carrey movie, The Cable Guy, right? And, and a lot of people didn't like, I like, I like Cable Guy, I think it's funny. And they're, they're playing basketball and he go, and then somebody hits him, you know, kind of hard and he goes, oh, jailhouse rules, okay. And then he just starts, he just decks the next guy. That's what we need a little bit. We need a little bit of jailhouse rules because that's how the other side is playing. It's not the Marquis of Queensbury rules out here. Like so many Republicans and so many people I talk to in the establishment, they say, oh, you can't say that. Why? The Washington Post might get upset, CNN, and, and they've got K-File and they're gonna dig up this, this tweet and you said something mean in, in 2008 and look at this, I'm done with it. I would say, why would I care what these scumbags say? Why would I care? Why would I let them control us that way? No, we're not doing that anymore. It's, if, if it's going to be the power of will, then we're gonna use that because that's what Roe v. Wade was. That's how we got that in. It was, we are gonna take this away. We are gonna take this away, not because we, we want to take it away. We're gonna take it away because it's evil and we are going to destroy it. Simple as that, and now it is gone, right? And so when you saw that, when you saw the power of a singular focus, then we're gonna use that same exact singular focus on every single one of the policy features that I just outlined and, and, and probably a hundred more. It does seem, briefly that when you're finding contempt rulings against people like Eric Holder for running guns and getting American Border Patrol agents killed, right. which is what he was found in contempt for, that does seem marginally worse than Steve Bannon not wanting to give up his text with Donald Trump. It does seem marginally worse to stump your nose at Congress over the deaths of American border agents, the weapons of which you supplied not to mention the crack in Hunter Biden's laptop and so on and so forth. It does seem that if you're going to open up the, if you're gonna have open season on open criminality, then you probably don't want people to look into the Clinton Foundation, the Epstein Foundation, the Biden crime family. It does seem to be a dumb play. And it seems to have the same boomerang effect that the judiciary is going to. Right, and so, and, and I would say this to, you know, anybody who's, who's talking about running for president, you know, uh, Pence is talking about running, people are talking about DeSantis, Nikki Haley, Christy Nome, all, the, all these folks, and you, you're seeing this sort of, you know, resurgence of the establishment, and, and okay, you guys are gonna, you know, you're gonna do your thing, I get that, but understand, the other side is going to, Elon Musk had a comment recently that I just, I, I just think he's wrong, I just think he's completely wrong when he said that if the Republicans run DeSantis, that it, it, it'll be easy and he won't even have to campaign. I said, do you understand who you're running against? Have you even looked at, I mean, I you, you're, you're great at your businesses, you know, and you're so good at, at, at the cars and, and the rockets and, all, and amazing, right? Incredible, incredible technology. But look at what's going on in politics. Like really look what's going on in politics. They are gonna go after you. They're gonna go after everybody. And I'll tell you right now, and, and, and I think she's amazing, they will go after Christina Pushoff. If, if DeSantis runs. You know why? Because she is his most effective weapon. She's mo his most effective warrior. She will be the very first person that they go after. And they, will, and they will look and they will look and they will dig and they will dig until they can take somebody out. And that's how they play. That's exactly how they play. They take pieces off the chessboard. And it don't matter who you are. It doesn't matter if you're Steve Bannon, it doesn't matter if you're Donald Trump, Ron, whoever, Pence, they will do this because they want power and they know they are threatened. They can see the numbers. That's why they're pushing Biden aside right now. We can all see this, right? He's got cancer, he's got COVID, right? But then the, what, it's, it, it's not even so much those, those gaffes, but did you see the media response the very, on that day when he said that he had COVID? They went full Columbo 
right? It's like somebody's flipped a switch and now they're, where are the reports? Where's the physician? How is the president? What are his oxygen levels? Is he going to Walter Reed? What is, and I said, wait, aren't you the same guys that are usually just carrying this guy's hand and, you know, giving him the warm, you know, the, you know, what'd you say this morning? The Werther's Originals, you know, and, 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 and feed, you know, spoon feeding him the warm oatmeal and telling him everything's good. No, right? They turned into an actual media all of a sudden. And I said, the, the, the answer is clear. They are trying to push him out. They want Kamala in there and they want an open seat for 24. That's exactly what they want because they realize they've gotten pretty much everything they can out of him at this point. He's becoming more of a liability than he is as a, as a figurehead. You know, and they got what they wanted. They wanted someone that they could just put in that spot get into office and then get all of their policies through. I mean, look, they've got, they've got the war with Russia that, they wanted, that they've wanted since, what, 2008. Um, they're, they're getting their, what, the climate emergency that's coming forward. They're shutting down our extraction of natural resources in the United States. And with, we saw with just Steve Bannon, they're going after the opposition party by criminalizing, uh, criminalizing support for conservative causes. What are we seeing now? is a whole-scale attempt at de-Trumpification of America. The same way that, and I use this as, in, and, and it's led by a Cheney, the same way that de-bathification after Iraq was led by a Cheney, this idea of you have to criminalize and go after the entire party political infrastructure of support that the opposition had. That's what we did to Iraq, and that's why that government completely collapsed when we took Saddam out for whatever reason that we decided to do that. Now you've got another Cheney. Because they can't do it overseas anymore, they're doing it here now. They're launching a domestic terrorist campaign against the political opposition. From your mouth to God's ears, Jack, let's make sure that there is a revenge tour. Thank you for being on the program.